What's going on, everybody? We have another podcast today, but this one is going to be coming to you from Molina Mike. Uh, if you do not know who Molina Mike is, he is probably the, well, I, I guess pretty widely, uh, he's accepted as the most insider this game has to offer. Uh, he constantly breaks news about uh, upcoming matches. He, he keeps everybody up to date with the matches that are going on in real time, and he has a lot of... Uh, very hard to find gear in the industry that he sells uh, and raffles off from time to time, and he's he's basically the uh, I guess Adrian Wojnarowski Wojnarowski Woj. He is the Woj of the pool world for anybody who pays attention to ESPN. I just butchered his last name. That's why people call him Woj. Uh, but he is yeah he's he's a huge insider in the game of pool. So if uh, if you do not know who he is, make sure to go over and like and follow his Facebook page. I will have it in the description, but it is a uh, Windows open. Uh, check out the description of this podcast if you would like to uh, be able to get a easy link to that. And other than that, this is an interview that he did with uh, Emily Frazier of Matchroom. So uh, here we go. I'm a real deal. I shoot your liver out and hand it to you. Uh, part two of me attempting to do these live interviews so hopefully we can go and and get a good swing at it let me know in the chat if you're able to go in and uh hear the audio and everything's coming in clear we got a pretty good guest today uh i almost dogged it man because i thought we were going to be on an hour from now and it ended up because of the time change and i'm glad i looked it up um we scheduled it out for about 11 p.m. or 11, no, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. my time, 4 p.m. UK time. But nevertheless, we made it. And I'm actually joined by, I don't, I don't really know what your what your role is, Emily, officially. I just put the boss under the uh, the caption here. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm pretty good guess. I'd, I'd say probably the best guess now. Um, I'm joking. I'm sure you get lots. I, I find um, these interviews really <laughs> intriguing. I think... Your timing normally gets me when I'm uh, driving from the office to home and I find myself listening in when I'm driving because I, I love listening to what you guys have got to say. And I think the last one you did, I called you after, didn't I? And um, yeah. it's, it always catches me on my way home and I find that I'm just shouting as I'm driving because <laughs> I'm like, no, that's just not even right. Where do you even get this idea what? from? And it's so many conspiracy theories of everything and i'm just driving like huh when did that even come into play so i, th I think what you're doing is fantastic and i love how much you're professionalizing these interviews as well just seeing how they're coming across and there so i think it's i think it's really really good yeah we're giving it a good we're giving it a good a good shot at it and it's it's funny because every time i look at my phone and if i see emily frazier miss call <laughs> I'm sweating bullets and I say it every time and I'm like, oh man. And it's not one of those things where it's like you accidentally press a button because you don't accidentally call someone across the other side of the world, right? So it's very no. specific and, and every time I'm like, oh shit, what did I do now? <laughs> <laughs> it's always been good though, hasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for full disclosure, so this is like years ago, I get I get a call and this is after I posted something that I shouldn't have and it was Emily Frazier and I think you guys were in the middle of a snooker event. And, um, yeah, yeah I, after that moment, I realized just how frightening a woman you were. And I said, okay, now, now I learned my lesson 
and make sure and make sure I do things the right way. But hey, listen, years later, we've come full circle, though, no? Well, oh, exactly. And I think it's fantastic. But it's it's funny you say full circle because it's funny how everything's changing. Because years and years ago, the Moscone Cup announcements, they would obviously be such a huge thing in the in the pool world because it's the biggest event that everyone goes to. And at that time, we obviously, we had our three events. And what was happening was that we were coming to our announcements and people on Facebook were making announcements before even the, the Moscone Cup Facebook page, for instance. And uh, in the last couple of years, it's something that we've really been tightening up on. And, you know, everything's got to be official. The players have to be contracted and, you know, just trying to step up the professional side of the game. And so uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, it's always, you know, we have to stick by the announcements and the announcements come in super early. But now we're doing a full cycle. We're getting so many events in the matchroom pool calendar. We're kind of like, right, okay. Oh, it's Moscone Cup announcements time. It's not that it's not as big as it used to be. It, it's still very big to us, but we now have so much that, and, right. and even moving forward that it's just another thing on the list sort of thing. So I think the announcements have always been an important part of the Moscone Cup because it's what everyone gets excited about. Yeah, for sure. And I know if I ever do get wind of any anything early, they always say, don't open your mouth, Mike. Just just shut up until it gets announced. And I'm like, all right, man. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've learned I've learned my lesson and it's been fun. But, you know, the Moscone Cup announcements have, have been a big deal over the years. And you guys have done a great job of making it something special, you know, where it's not just <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, it's not just like one of those things where, okay, so-and-so is on the team. I mean, it's a full day dedicated to each player. Exactly. And it's not even just an artwork anymore. Um, the the graphics and the videos that the team are all putting together, it's a day dedicated to that player. Um, but it's a bespoke artwork that I know Jake spends, spends so much time working on, like every small little detail that goes into those artworks that are bespoke for the players. And then it's their video of their best clips from, you know, one of the recent years. Um, you know, it's an interview with JJ about that particular player. It's a press release. And so that's that's all part of the, the direction of these announcements. You know, when we hit it at a certain time, we have all these plans in place. And we don't want anyone ruining it. You know, it's uh, there's spreadsheets galore <laughs> of saying... This has to go at this time. This is at four oh one. This is four oh three or um, whatever. So it has got much bigger, and we're trying to make this the poor players come across as celebrities because that's what they are. They're the ones that have the talent, and we should be elevating their status. I like that. I like that that way of thinking. And you're right because they have to be. But you know they got to do their their part as well. And I know you've done a good job of mm. lighting a fire under their ass to be more on social media but not just like be on social media but be on social media maybe the the, the right way so to speak right um yeah and it, it's really it really has been fun but i know whenever we talked months ago i had asked you when was the american team going to be announced and the initial thing was after the u.s open and uh we talked a little bit about bergman and and why he wasn't going to be available i'm curious i mean i know there's been a lot of curveballs right um mm, what's that gosh. been like for <laughs> to say the least um <laughs> what's that been like for you and your team adjusting over the last let's say 60 days 
It's, uh, yeah, we obviously, we had the US Open in our minds. Um, COVID's obviously been playing a big part because it's hard to do qualifying events or to say to players, yes, you must go to this event to get onto the Moscone because we don't know what conditions they're under. So um, that's played a big factor. Um, yes, curveball is probably a, a great way to put it. Um, and there's also so many conspiracy theories about how these players get onto the team. Let's um, talk about it. Let, let's talk about that for a little bit because all let's I let's address is the that elephant in the room. Emily's the the puppet master, right? She's the one <laughs> pulling all the strings. So let's start off with the biggest <laughs> elephant in the room, right, Mister Mister Relevant himself, Earl the Pearl Strickland. Oh wow, what an announcement! I mean, it it broke the internet, didn't it? It was the most it. the most talked about announcement that we had in in forever. Yes, yeah, some might call us a genius. Um, but look, these announcements and these picks, as we should say, the Moscone Cup is the biggest commercial event on the call calendar, and everyone knows that. It's the five, it should be the five best players in, in USA and the five best in Europe. But again, it's still a show. So there has to be an element of both sides. That's not to say that we pick or I pick the team, that's, that's not true. But it also doesn't mean that JJ comes along and, and picks the whole five members. I mean, if JJ turned around to me and said, I want to put Britney Spears on the team, I'm going to say no. That's to put it into a bit <laughs> of perspective. I don't know, I might say yes, actually. I'll say there'd be um, a lot of viewers for there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, maybe that was a bad, yeah. uh, that was a bad yeah. example. Um, so... You know, Jeremy could turn around and say, I want to put myself on the team. And we all know JJ. We know that he wants the win. But, you know, he could turn around and say, well, I'm putting myself on. I'm going to play myself. So there has to be a level. Look, this, this is a professional tournament at the end of the day. We're the promoters. We own the event. And there has to be a balance. We understand that as the promoter. So, therefore, we must involve the captains. We must involve the vice captains. We must make sure that... If Shane wants a certain member of the team on the team, then Jeremy has to be in agreement with it. And we basically, if you picture it like this, you've got Shane and JJ as vice and captain. We're the middleman. We bring everyone together. So Shane might be saying, you know, there might, there'll be a conversation. Right. About, oh, oh, I like that idea. Yeah, he brings. Did you like that table. idea? That's what I want to know. Did you like that idea? I because I would have said, you, I would have said it's years ago that y'all would have been anti-Earl. No way he's getting back on this stage. He he can be kind of kind of a car wreck at times, but he's great for viewers. He's incredible for viewers. We, um, I think it's a fantastic idea. And you know what? He's going to be the curveball for Team Europe. I don't care what anyone says on Team Europe's side. He is the curveball. You've got to think that Team USA are at a disadvantage this year. And what you can't be doing is you can't be putting too many rookies on the team. Jeremy knows that and Shane knows that. Shane's the one that's going out there and he's playing, but he also knows the team. That's why it was an even better idea putting Shane on as vice captain. He's more involved and he's really involved. I love it. He messages me all the time about the Moscone Cup and the picks and he's bouncing ideas of, when they should be coming in, what practice they want, how to get the team together. 
So if you think that we're the, yeah, might be the puppet master, but in a good way, that we're bringing everyone together. So then they communicate and they talk and they bounce ideas off of one another. And that's the same that what happens in our team. We come up with ideas and we come up with discussions. And so we're bringing everyone together. And Earl was a fantastic idea. I bloody love it. And okay, it could go really, really well. It could go really, really bad. (laughs) We're going to be watching though. At the moment, everyone's going to be tuned in and everyone's going to turn up when we go over to Las Vegas in 2022. So it's a smart move on both the captain and both the promoter side. Who um, brought it up first? That's what I want to know. Who was the one that initiated that set? Because I would I would not want to be the one to bring up that name in that in that meeting <laughs> first. Anyway, <laughs> um, who was it actually? Because I would have assumed it would have been more of a Shane pick. I know Shane's got a lot of respect for. Her. I mean, and, and Jeremy does too. But I just when I first heard that pick in my mind, I said that's that's an SVB move right there. Well, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think Shane Shane really like really, really likes the idea of Al. And um and again, Shane's the Shane's the one playing outside with him as well. Um Jeremy's the one who's got a captain them. He's got more of a say than anyone. But the decision when it was made, everyone was in agreement with it. It wasn't like it's a um, two versus one and you know um not everyone was happy about it everyone was in, in agreement and that's what happens with these and with these announcements but what everyone needs to get out of their minds right now is this year is totally different we don't have any rankings really to go off of we don't have any other qualifier events to happen so you're just going to kind of have to face the fact they are pretty much four or five wild cards for both teams because how else are you going to choose it right now? I'm not saying that's the right way. That's not the right way to go. That's yeah. in our plans to change that moving forward. But we're in such a sticky situation that we kind of, our hands were tied with it. You know, there's not all players are going to each event. They're not all competing. There is the argument that are they having the toughest of um, environment? Are they facing the toughest matches? There's all these factors that are happening. Yes, someone might have got drilled 11-1 or something, but what's the environment (laughs) they were participating in? How did they do in the matchroom event? Because that's where the pressure is. So there's so much factoring into this year. And so I'd kind of just think it's one of those years we just kind of have to accept that, yes, we do have a load of curveballs. But we're learning from it, and we know it's not how it should be working moving forward, and we're going to address it. Well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, though. At the end of the day, the bottom line is we want more viewers to be watching, right? I mean, we, yeah, we want more course, eyes. We want more eyes. Of course, we uh, we need to we need to grow the sponsorship. We need to grow the viewership levels. Yes, we've seen it in the last couple of years. We're seeing the drive on our social media pages. We're seeing the viewership increase across Sky Sports, across DAZONE, across Viaplay in their different territories as well. We're seeing these numbers increase. Bit by bit, they are increasing and they are doing well. But we're, 
we've got to be smart at the end of the day. In order for Paul to really get to that next level, we have to make these risks because yeah. we don't have 10 years to just sit on the fence anymore and to just be complacent and to let Paul grow for us because Paul isn't at that level where it just doesn't need any love to get anywhere. It needs a huge push. And every decision, I like to think every decision we make has a reason. We're not, we don't make rash decisions. We never make rash decisions. We think everything through and we make a decision for a reason. And we try and incorporate, we're not saying, I don't, I'm not totally aware of, you know, the rankings and the player structure and, you know, who's better than who. And, you know, I've got a fair idea, but I'm not going to sit there and make that decision myself because I'm not, I'm not most qualified for it. You lean on the people who are. So there's always a reason behind everything. And I like to think that we're approaching every situation as fair as possible. And, and I'm confident we're doing, the, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I think, Sometimes I think it's about, <laughs> I think it's a balance for sure. You know, and I, I agree with you in that it's you can't just the game by itself isn't going to go and, and get viewers on it. There has to be moves in place in order to get get a spark under people's asses to go and say, I want to watch that for better or worse. And then once they can go and watch it, once they have a reason to, then maybe they'll go and have a love for it to go and watch other events. So maybe it may not be as gimmicky as, let's say, having Earl on there. Um, mm. I know we talked about qualifiers and you touch base on it just a little bit what's the plan going forward you know how do you sell it to the american pool players even the european pool players because the you can american. go and say that yeah well i mean you can go and say you know there's a few europeans that i'd go and argue maybe got the short end of the stick like a uh, max lechner ruiz you know that have been playing their asses off for a few years and it's tough because maybe they don't get invited to let's say a masters or a CLP or whatever. How do you sell these guys on 2022? Is there a plan in place to say we're going to have qualifying events? I don't even need to sell anything because the announcement we make soon will will tell it all, and that will sell it enough. Well, come on. I actually come feel on. we're here. <laughs> what we're here for? No, 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 no. <laughs> um. I actually feel a little bit sorry for some of the players in that respect. I, I'm, I'm a big softie at heart. Um, even someone like Max Lechner, who he grinds his ass off. He goes, he goes to the events and he doesn't, he doesn't get a shot in it sometimes. And um, I think there's a lot of, there's a fragmented system at the moment that's not um, working for the players who are working hard. And they should be awarded on order of merit. They should be getting into the events because of how far they're getting, how much they're traveling. And they should also know a structure. Um, And I'm not saying that what we're currently doing is the right way about it, but we know and we understand what the issue is in Paul right now. There's a massive issue in pool right now. There's so many disciplines. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm not saying, you know, that there's anything wrong with 10 ball or one pocket or anything. It's, it's interesting. But there are so many that it's diluting the audience. There needs to be one form of 
um, of the sport that's the commercial form. Because sometimes we ask the question to people of, they say, well, what is Paul? To me and you, we're like, excuse me, sorry. (laughs) I sit in meetings, they go, what do you mean, Paul? I I end the call right away. I don't even give them time of day. (laughs) Well, I get offended. And the thing is, I can't get offended because we're not at the level that that are getting on these big companies and these big sponsors' radars at. And we need to bring ourselves back down to earth and realize that we need to step back and look at the bigger picture. So I think that there's a lot of players that get missed opportunities um, and are missing the mark. And there's going to be a plan in place to make sure that there's something fair for moving forward. And that's what we've we've been busy working on. And that's what we're going to be bringing to the table. So there's going to be big announcements coming soon. Yeah, but some of these guys got to have more personality, man. Like it has to go hand in hand because you can't just be bland and be on TV, man. It's just it's not going to it's not going to go and work. There's there's been quite a bit of friction on um the English Open snooker that's just taken place. It just finished last night. And one of the top ranked players, Kyron Wilson, who's a lovely guy, really nice. And um he was uh not on their table one. So if you think like our um us open event there's multi tables and we have our one tv table obviously that's the viewership and uh, i think he basically made a complaint saying look i'm one of the highest ranked players in um, in snooker i should be on tv table one and you get the likes of ronnie kicking back and saying well the reason why i'm the one on table one i bring in the viewers <laughs> i bring it's in true. the interviews and so <clears throat> there's been this friction the last couple of days and it's been all over the media and it's fantastic to see um but it's also there's truth behind it i'm it not is. saying that everyone has to come out and you know throw their drink somewhere to get some personality but it's personality across the interviews and just i think every pool player has an element of individuality about them and something special and unique about them they just need to be themselves and be themselves in in the interviews and and people will connect with them differently so yeah there needs to be a balance but we do want some characters you gotta bring it out man you gotta go and bring it out from them because some of them are just very just you know like you know people talked a lot about albin and the clp right and his emotion yeah. but albin's albin's a champion so maybe he gets a little bit more of a pass from like the casual or even the diehard fan for that matter but listen i think that stuff is great you know i think he's still being respectful but like showing emotion of sport show me one time when you go and watch someone go and play something and they're not frustrated i can i can tell you tennis i mean they're smacking the racket on the floor and no one's going and clamoring to go and have them mm. banned for six months or anything like that right no, and do you know what? I love it. I love all of that stuff. And um, I love seeing that because it just shows a bit of passion. I'm not saying you turn around and you go lamp someone, but, um, <laughs> but lamp is like knock someone out in yeah. British terms. Um, the, there's obviously if with everything, there's a balance. But I totally disagree with a straight up penalise if, you know, someone's hit the table and they're frustrated. It shows that they're human because that's what we are at the end of the day. There was a really interesting thing that I saw at the US Open this year that I found myself walking around the back tables and the, the arena because 
I wanted to see how the scorekeepers were scorekeeping the tables, how the referees are acting. I wanted to see what happens when you're not on the TV table because that tournament comes under us, everything, every element of the tournament. And um, I sat in the corner and obviously uh, the player didn't see me there. And it was, I'm going to call him out because it's more fun like that. It was Sanjin. (laughs) And I've forgotten who he was playing. And he ended up winning the match, I think. And I mean, the two players, they were on the last rack, they were heel heel and they were both dogging stuff left, right, centre, because they're obviously <laughs> under pressure. Nervous, yeah. And I saw Sanjin and I've never seen it in my life. You know, he comes to the Masters, comes to the World Championship, he's polite as anything, all really nice. And then he just, I think he just head in his hands, looked like he probably looked really, really upset, a slam of the yep. cue slam on the table and I sat there and I thought wow this kid's actually got some personality and he's got some fire in him and I thought yeah. it was fantastic to see sometimes you see catchy you know react because again it shows passion it shows yeah. that they want to be there and it shows how important these events are that's the main thing because they are they're so, they are important to these players they're the biggest you... prize money they're the biggest prestige if you empathize with them, if you see that range of emotions, right, the highs and the low, you'll have more of a vested interest as a fan to follow that player along throughout his journey of that, whether it's that tournament or that year, whatever it may be. Of course. And you saw that with Albin at Championship League Pool. Don't get me wrong. Day one and day two, everyone was rooting for him to lose because he was taking so damn long. And, you know, he was milking every shot and it was like this. And then the shot, come, shot clock come into play. And then all of a sudden you saw this just roller coaster of emotion from Albin. The highs, the lows, right. the frustration. And some people called it unsportsmanship. I call it fantastic and TV. Um, but you Please. saw it and it was, and then all of a sudden you got to day five and you were rooting for him. You wanted him to win because you saw sure. the emotion. And Albin's never been the, you know, like the Jason Shaw of the team. He's, yeah. he's never been that way. But he showed character and he showed personality in a totally different way than what a Jason Shaw does. Not saying one is right or one is wrong. But you go back to each player has their unique and individuality about them. And that's fantastic to see. And I just urge that we always see that from them. It's the beauty you know, you, of the game that we're in. For sure, for sure, I agree with you. And you got you got to go and have it, you know, for these guys to in, in order for them to get to get more fans and, and in turn more viewers. Um, I know personally, like that, seeing Albin go through those five days on that last day, I was like, "Come on, man, just get there, just get there." And just then he wind. got to the last dance, yeah. And then he got to the last dance, and then he snaps the whole thing off like he's used to doing because the guy's just made for for big moments. Um, yeah. I know you mentioned that. It was more of wild cards this year. And I, I would say, well, let me ask you this. Is it fair to say that Europe had a little bit easier of a time to go and pick than the American team? What do you mean easier? Well, like, you know, Albin's a world champion. Catchy's a, or uh, Clinty's a, a world 10-ball champion. You got guys who I may consider automatics like, a, you know, Shaw because former MVP last year, full of personality. Mm-hmm. Same with Filler. Filler's hitting a higher gear right now. I think, I mean, even though they're they're deeper, I think 
some of these choices were a little bit more obvious. And not only that, but you got the Euro Tour rankings to go off of. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're right in what you're saying. And I think there's an element of it's easier, um, but there's also an element that's hard because they've got so many good players to choose from. Right. Um, and like what you said, there's top players that should be on the team that miss the mark because there's so many fantastic ones to pick from. And USA do have a tough time of it, but we're noticing with the curveballs that are being thrown, we're noticing how few players there are to select from on the American side. And right. it's a real big problem. And there should be a structure in place. The American players should know how they're going to get onto the Moscone Cup. It should be a clear structure. And it should be the same for Europe. And it should be the same for USA. But the pool of players to choose from is just, there's just, for there sure. isn't many to pick from. And that's a real big problem that we're in at the moment. The USA is, is meant to be our biggest market. That's where the players should be coming from. That's where they should be evolving from. That's where they should be, the juniors should be coming straight to the, the multi-table big matchroom pool events as their first matches, as their first professional matches. So then they can get into the game that way. And that's why I was just so encouraged when we saw a few more juniors at the US Open. And so yeah. that's also our reasoning behind the, the launching of the multi-table open events, because we want to start growing the sport in that way. Yet the invitational events and the, you know, the Mosconis and the Masters, they are your major events and they have those, the exposure. But we also need to expand the pool of players. And the more open table events that we do, the, the more we're going to um, engage with, with some of the players. And I'm sure even with the UK Open coming up next May, we're going to see a whole new amount of pool yeah. players. I know that it will sell out the player field quicker than the US Open ever has because we've been absolutely inundated with requests for the UK Open, even more so than the US when we first took that event on, just because there's a demand for nine ball pool here in the UK. I'll be perfectly honest. I thought you lost your mind when you announced another event at the end of a pandemic. But <laughs> as a pool fan, I love it. And you're right, because <laughs> I, think, I think the turnout will be great. Give us some details is the player field open or if not, when does it open? If you have that information. It's not open yet. Um, and the reason we haven't opened it yet is because we're just trying to finalize the format. Um, obviously, when we did the US Open the first year, then we did the World Championship and then we adjusted the format because we learned a few things from the World Championship going into the US Open. And now second year of the US Open, we've learned a few more things as well. We want to make sure that we have our format down to a T and the number of tables, there's practice tables available. We want to get all of that in line. And so that's what we're working on at the moment. Um, so we're hoping to open entries in the next couple of weeks, really. What's the multi-table experience going to be like for the fans at home? Is there going to be multiple tables being streamed? Is that on the, the table, so to speak, with you guys? It is. Yeah, it's something that we're really keen to start doing. Um, we obviously 
our main coverage is you know we're a little bit different to the other events that are out there um they rely on the smaller tables to be sending out on different streams and and to have all of these matches but we have huge broadcaster contracts and huge deals in place and partners where you know we can't dilute our audience and come away from the main camera one coverage um, and we also we incorporate all Whoops. <laughs> I think someone forgot uh forgot to charge the iPad. So <laughs> uh either that or or she was just hold on maybe maybe she's back. I, I think no did you get the plug in? Did yeah, you, I just you, you got no you gotta plug happened. it into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um Yes, and with the broadcasters that we have in place, we have to we have interviews that we do, you know, those sit down interviews with the players. People don't see that on, on these events. And that's what makes our shows um, the, the best. I love that, by the way. I do. It's, it's fantastic. You know, the, the closers, the openers, all of the work that goes into that, it really is something quite special. And there's so much that goes into that main coverage so sometimes you know as much as i'd love to put up a, a camera on 32 of the 33 tables we have to be sensible at the end of the day um but that's not to say that we don't want to start showing more or um a better version of table two so you know let's make sure that people have a graphic score line and they can see what the yeah. score is for table two we have so many things that we want to improve on but we're also working on so many other things as well that we have to make sure that we're finding a balance between um, all of the different elements of the event. But we know everyone wants to see all of the matches. So then, do you know what I say to those people? Come and buy a ticket and come to the event. Walk around <laughs> and enjoy it. I That's what it. I say. There, listen, there's a balance on that side too to be had, I think. And, you know, the one thing that, that I've appreciated, especially after watching this year's U.S. Open, because I would say the obviously the year before was COVID, so then the, the first year at Mandalay, it was a lot of like um, the Moscone Cup Players show. It was like Shane playing a shortstop, Jason playing a nobody, Filler playing so-and-so, Sky playing someone I've never heard of. I think this year, more than ever, you've had a good – like especially as as the tournament progressed, you found a good balance of showcasing and spotlighting other players. Was that something that was on your mind? Was it something? I mean, you say every move is specific, but was that something deliberate on y'all's end? Well, I think I think it's really fair to say because when we did our first U.S. Open, we were only really the Whirlpool Masters, the Moscone Cup, and um, the World Cup of Pool. And that's all we've really known. And, and I've said it before on a few other things that went about professionalizing the sport. They're the only players that we've actually really known about and that <laughs> we've had that relationship. Yeah. And it sounds really bad. But on the other hand, we should be growing the sport and we should be elevating yeah. these other profiles and these other players that are extraordinary. Like, for instance, the performance that Yap put on at the US Open was incredible. And right. I remember at the end of each day of year two of the US Open, you know, Nick comes and he's done the, the draws being scheduled and being put together and he sits down and he goes, I just don't even know what you can put on table one because there's so many incredible matches. 
and you just have this you have this pool of matches where we're like yeah but we want to put this one on because we haven't seen him in the tournament so far he's been on that table and he hasn't had that experience yet the fans haven't seen this player oh but we know we get really big viewership in Germany so let's make sure we have it so there's literally if you think that everyone comes together and goes this 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 and that and we we're always going to upset someone um, For sure. but we try and again find the balance but we definitely I think that We've been learning so much as we've been taking on new events um, and growing within our own team because it's not just about the Moscone Cup players anymore. This is about a much bigger picture. We're making a huge commitment into the sport and this means that we must take a step back and look at all of the players and, and look at a full structure of it Yes, start showcasing everyone. I know that we put Judd Trump on a few times at the US Open, but how are those numbers now? Oh my God, they quadrupled. It's an absolute yeah. joke. And rightly so. He, you know, he needed to go on that table and we drew in new audiences. And why do you think we announced the UK Open pool during the time that we've got a snooker player playing <laughs> and all the UK snooker players are watching? It's, you know, again, there's a reason behind everything. And yeah, Jason Shaw whitewashed Judd on live TV. What better outcome did we all yeah. want as pool enthusiasts? Because you know what the snooker players turn around? They all take the piss out of Paul. They say it's the easy version of the game. Snooker's the harder, snooker's the more respected. But I, I love Paul and they should have more credit. Jason coming out, and we knew Jason was going to come out, chest out. Oh, for he sure. Because he would have never heard the end of it. If he loses oh to Judd Trump, I mean, everyone's busting his chops for the rest of the, for the, rest of the year, at, at least. I was, I was glued to that match. I thought, please don't lose here, Jason. Please don't. But, <laughs> I had faith in him. I knew he was going to snap it off. And do you know what? Judd lost that much. And so, do you know, his next match was on table two. Let's give the other yeah, players some right. time to shine. So, again, there's always a balance. But I, I just think we're learning as we're going. And it's so exciting because we do one new event and we go, oh, okay, maybe we should do that moving forward. Maybe we shouldn't do it like this. But this costs X amount and this is costing us too much. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we have a budget to stick to. For we're sure. absolutely... We are committed to the sport. We all love it. That's the thing. The, the whole multi-sport team all love the sport. Sometimes we're not allowed to talk about it some days in the office because we get too distracted from our other sports and our other events because we all <laughs> love it too much. Yeah, I forget. Um, I forget you got other stuff going on because I'm over here messaging you like, yo, I need to get you locked in on this interview. And then you're like, well, Mike, by the way, I'm in the middle of doing this other event. And then I look on the social media and I'm like, oh shit, she's right. She's right in the middle of a whole. And then I see the... Uh, those fast forward videos, right? Where you show the whole production being built. And I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe my interview wasn't, wasn't that important that day. <laughs> <laughs> but we learn so many things. Like we do this live netball event and yeah. in arena engagement, we have 3000 fans in for this netball event. And when everyone looks at it, yeah, Moscone is the biggest event for us. We've never had more than 3000 fans for the Moscone Cup. Our largest fans that we've ever had was 10,000 fans for the gymnastics. So we're promoters, we're sports promoters. We know what the fuck we're doing. So if we make a decision on these shows, it's because we do it for a reason. 
And sometimes us being involved in netball, us being involved in snooker or 10-pin bowling, it gives us a, a bigger understanding of how we can maybe evolve pool. And it also lets us see how professional the other sports are or how fantastic and charismatic the pool players are. Because right. and there's, there's elements to everything. And sometimes we have to come away from the pool. We get sucked in too much because we have all these other sports going on, but it's such a huge benefit for us um, and for everyone else, because all we're gonna keep doing is we're gonna keep it exciting. I love that, you know, there's other events happening that kind of look similar to our events now, because it keeps us on our toes. I yeah, but love nobody it. goes it and puts it, nope. got... nobody displays it the way that Matching so, Pool does. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. I mean, that's just, that's the reality of it, you know? And um, I know you brought up, fans so let's talk let's talk about fans at the mosque what are those numbers like how how are those sales been as far as tickets did earl go and spike those ticket sales that's what i really want to know <laughs> he uh, yeah he did actually um and but the moscone's got a you know we see spikes when we announce players um the sales for the Moscone do so well just off the back of the event because everyone now knows the Moscone Cup as a brand and it's an event they want to go to. And then so when you announce a player every so often, you see a small spike because everyone has their favourite they want to go and see. And yeah. they might have been sitting on the fence and gone, I'm not sure whether to go to this or not. And then a player gets announced and they go, oh, yeah, actually, I'll go. Um, so our sales are doing well. We're basically, we're at 1,300 a session which is really good. I think that initially we'd set our hopes really high, but we're seeing that, you know, we did the same with our netball event. We've been selling that out for three years at 6,000 and we only managed to sell 3,000 this year. I think here in the UK, there's still an element of um, cautiousness, obviously around the pandemic. Um, There's elements where people don't want to sit so close the next, you know, next to one another. Obviously, there aren't any restrictions in place and we can have live spectators. But sometimes the production's got so good, people are used to kind of sitting at home and watching it. Um, But we're going to be doing our fancy dress cash prize again. Um, We learned a few things from the netball, um, our in-arena presentation, you know, kiss cam, dance cam, emoji cam, love all of that stuff. So we're going to go, you know, all um, all systems go for this year's Moscone because in 2022, the plans we have in Vegas are, I've never seen them before. I mean, we've never done a seated capacity that big for Vegas. And we've kind of looked at it and gone, do you know what? Go big or go home. So let's put on a really good show this December. Uh- I hope so because I've never been, and so I'll I'll make sure and I'll be there um, ne- next you December. Bet. But I for sure, yeah, yeah. But I'll make sure I'm, I'm I'll be watching uh, this December. Uh, I know that there's there's so many things that that have gone on, and and, and you always bring up the sport. You want to grow the sport. Part of that sport is the female side of it, and this is something that I wanted to go and address. I saw Allison Fisher in the comments, the Duchess of Doom, go and bring it up as well. Um, we've seen more women in open events. I know in the past you've mentioned that you want to keep it open events. Is there any plans in, you know, on the horizon maybe of doing a women's only event? 
I think if there's demand for it, um, then maybe it's something that we can look at. But I wouldn't want to get anyone's hopes up um, in looking at sure. that because I think I think that we need to change how we actually look at it moving forward in the fact that it is all open events. And I'm hoping that other promoters are following our lead on it, that their events should also be open. What we should be doing is creating an opportunity for all players to participate in the events, both female and male. Um, I know that a couple of years back, I think, when I first approached you know, women competing in the open events, and it was following the first US Open we did, I was really surprised at how few female players entered and quite right. disheartened by it, to be honest. Um, and my response was very much, you know, if you want to be the best, you've got to play amongst the best. That's obviously my personal view on it. But again, I'm only I'm new in pool and I have to understand that there are other factors behind it. So just seeing, you know, the last 18 months and seeing the the matches and the tournaments that women actually have to play, what should be happening is that they should be having more opportunities to be playing amongst the men. There should be more open events where they're all playing together. So the women should be practicing playing against men because that should take them into the main open events like the matchroom events where they where they know they've got a chance i mean championship league pool kelly fisher fantastic example right there Monster it just place. showed yeah and she showed the relentlessness and she also showed it doesn't matter if you're what sex you are she showed pure talent regardless of who she was playing and that's what we should be doing moving forward and all other events should be following suit because the more experience they have in these environments, the better. Just by creating women-only events, I actually think it's just going to set the ladies back a couple of years. And we shouldn't do that. We should be setting them forward. Imagine if me and you sitting here now, three years' time, and a woman qualifies for the Moscone Cup. Could you imagine that? That's what should be happening. Yeah. Not a wild card. Or wins a Masters event. I mean, there's so many. You're, you're giving them a, 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 an opportunity, and I could definitely appreciate it. I, I'm curious, did you and your team ever look at those analytics, like whenever you had those women featured on those tables? Yeah, the, the viewership is really good. It's really yeah. good. But there's no money in pool right now to just go and do a women's only event. We're just about you know, getting over the line with the with the open events. So that's, again, another reason why we're doing open events, because we can give more opportunities to everyone involved. So that's, that's the, you know, the thought process behind it. I just think that we'd be taking a big step back by closing the events off, because if you're doing women-only events, then you should be doing men-only events. It shouldn't be. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, I, I wouldn't like that idea. I mean, I, I would love watching a women's a women's only event, but if it means that the other side of it is is men only, I wouldn't like that. You know, exactly. So, but you're point. right. There sh there should be more opportunities, and so I encourage other promoters to open their. Well, fields. but they can go. You can say they can go and register like anybody else, right? So if they go and swarm the the you know the entrance, then they can have a, a higher percentage. So I can I can certainly understand that that argument for sure. 
Mm. And I'm I'm always rooting for them, always. But at the same time, I see it. There's all over there's social media. You you go, girl, and I'm like, where's the <laughs> men? Where's the where's the guy love around here? My my boys are over there going deep in events too, but you're over there just championing them on. <laughs> well, the the thing is, it's it's also it's it must be tough as well. You can see the likes of oh, you know sure. Christina who wants to be her own woman. And she wants to be her own player. She wants to be recognised as to Christina to catch pool player. That's how she wants to be recognised. And that's, do you know what? Hats off to her. She wants to go, she wants to grind all of these events and she wants to do well. And I applaud her for doing that. And the same for Kelly, you know, watching her play at the World Championship. It's, you've got to root these ladies on because at the same day, yes, okay, I keep saying, you got to play amongst the men. You got to be part. You got to play amongst the best to be the best. But also, that takes a lot of courage and that takes a lot of balls. For sure. And it's very easy for me to sit here, you know, and and say that um, when it's been such a different structure so many years before. So at the same time, it takes a big like it, it takes a lot of courage for them to step up. Well, and you to said say, it right. It takes it takes a lot yeah. of balls, man. Because if if they if they lose, it's like really you're representing the women and you're going and, and doing like that, but then they go and win and it's, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to over celebrate it, but it's like they, and especially Kelly, because I'm me wrong. All the women that, that participated were fantastic, but it was like, there was a few matches that Kelly had where I'm like, Oh shit, she can, she can go and, and, and cause some waves here. Like it's, she's not just here for to go and, and say, I'm a woman playing. She's here because she's a threat to go and win it. Exactly. The more TV matches they play, the more open events and the more matches they play against the men, the more experience they can come. And in a couple of years' time, they'll be thanking us. This is this is the direction to go in. I want to make sure that they have the best opportunities, and that's what we should be offering. Um, and I'm I'm excited for them because I think that especially the likes of someone like Christina, who's you know coming into her own now and she's looking at her career. She's coming in in prime time. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of women that are like that, that can really play. And, and if you keep it at nine ball, which I know that's the goal, then, I mean, it's wide open because, you know, with the Templar, even with the referee rack, whatever you want to go and do, they can go and get there when it comes to nine ball. There's some serious women contenders. Pinozo Saint Seeming Chin, who's just a monster oh. uh, play, player out of Asia. Uh, she carries herself really well, you know, also. Um, and there's just so the talent's just endless when it comes to nine ball. And I guess that's why like I enjoy it a lot. And you guys do, well, it, you guys do a good job if the tables are tightened up, because if you're going to go and throw them on, you know, four and a half, it's a little, you know, and one on the spot, it can be a little brutal at times. Gone are the days of four and a half inch pockets. Get them Fantastic. in the bin. <laughs> Finger <your> daughter agrees. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They just got home. Um, a few more <laughs> A few more things, and then and then I'll go and and, and wrap it up. But um, I I know we've had a lot of talk about the captains, the co-captains, and I've seen a little bit of smack talk from the vice captain on 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 that side in, in Carl. Uh, he's yeah. saying it's going to be over. He's saying it's going to be over in three. USA doesn't <laughs> go and stand a chance. You know what I would like to see? Let's do like a captain scotch to go and and start the event off. Let's let's throw a curveball in there. Let those two go and and screw the cues together. Do you know what? I've, I've been saying it for years and the team won't let me. Um, one day I might overrule them, but I, no, not yet. I want to do, I want to have <laughs> the golden buzzer in that arena and someone hits the golden buzzer in that team 
and out runs the vice captain or the captain and oh, they've man. got to play one rack of pool. I mean, it's it's got multi-sport written all over it, but the boys won't let me do it because it's too gimmicky for the Moscone Cup. It's just a matter of time. It's a little gimmicky. It's a little gimmicky. <laughs> it's it, a it, little is. Gimmicky. it is. But I just want to see I just want to see the look on the face and make sure the camera's on whenever you go and make that announcement. That's my only oh, yeah. that's my only play there. Um, I mean, I I haven't seen much. I think I've I've been a bit distant on social media where we've had our netball and we've got our snooker event coming up. But I think Carl's probably just getting reared up, ready for the press conference. Um, sure. It might be our best one yet, uh, which you know you know what we're like. We've got a, a full blown uh, fight week planned for um, leading up to the Moscone Cup press conference, um, and so that's going to be exciting. We've got a few other little things that we're going to actually we're filming and off the rail this um saturday which we're going to publish um just to announce a few little things for the fans out there as well so um expect a few fireworks carl's probably just trying to you know get a bit of smack talk started i don't think it's going to be over in three nil um I, i'm i mean mind you i'm not a paul expert uh, I'm a lover of Well, the, USA is up against sport. it, though. I hope it's not because I want to see something more competitive. Yeah. And, you know, this is the part that really that really just annoys the shit out of me because people are saying, oh, Emily's just trying to make the USA team terrible. She doesn't want us to go and win. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, she's the promoter, man, of a TV event. She wants it to be competitive. See, look, there's Jason in there, over and three. I mean, you want it to be competitive. Call me crazy. Of course I Say do. I'm a liar. And also, <laughs> flaming hot Cheetos are literally my favorite form of crisp. Um, USA is literally like my second home. I would move over there. Um, <laughs> look, there, there, there is no time where we want it to be over in, you know, that quick. It, we don't want it to be like that. We want it to go hill, hill the whole way through and everyone's on the edge of their seat going for sure so and then at that point i don't care who wins i just want hey some of the betters may not like that though let me tell you <laughs> no yeah and some of the staff don't like it either because yeah. then they're there all night but we just had it at our weather cup event and we didn't realize how you know it doesn't happen often and um, it's raced to um 18 points at the weather cup and over three days and it went 17 all and it was incredible. Yeah, we were sat there at midnight, but it got to the final match and it was a Baker match. It was the team game. It got to the final game and it was so, it just, it, yeah, it was exciting. And that's what we want. We don't want it to be over that quick. I'll be rooting for Team USA and, every, and even Team Europe know that because we want it to be competitive. <laughs> I want to go on sale on tickets the Monday after the Moscone Cup has finished. And I want to make sure that we at least sell 50% capacity because we've got a grand fucking arena for Vegas next year. It's grand as hell and it's going to have everything. Spill the beans. Fireworks we're we're at Vegas. We need a, we, me and the wife need to need a book a flight. <laughs> no, I'm not going to start telling you stuff like that <clears throat> yet. Come on. Um, you know, I get that from everyone. Everyone says, I can't tell Mike because then Mike's going to go and, and put it all over social media like i've been known to do no, that before <laughs> remember we've got our own off the rails so we've got to save it for then um i can appreciate that yeah but... i brought up i brought up the sweaters emily and and i just want to touch base how important is it to get the odds makers on board with with pool is that something of of a focus for you guys 
Yeah, of course. And um, I touched base. I actually had a conversation with uh, Chad Charlo about it at the US Open. Um, obviously, the, the main problem that we've got in pool right now is that um, it's always been, it's always come across as unprofessional, um, throwing matches. Um, and, and it's just not at that point yet that snooker or darts is at. Um, you know, in snooker, no player can bet on any snooker tournaments. None of their friends, like, it's so strict because of the history behind throwing matches and, and it's taken them yeah. years to get to where they are. So people won't touch Paul because of the history. So what we need to work on is we need to work on professionalizing the events that we've got, the athletes, and I say athletes because they are athletes, social media, the, the qualifying events, everything. But again, we're just the promoters at the end of the day. We're not a governing body. There's only so much that we can do. We try and educate the players where we can. Um, but people won't, they won't touch it because it's got a bad name. Um, and it's our, you know, it's our job to, to promote that it doesn't have a bad name anymore. It's changing. Um, and we're going to, I think we're going to see a real difference in the next 18 months. You, you bring up about being a promoter, not being the governing body. What do you say to those people that will, that will say like, oh, well, Earl, you know, pushed Hunter right before the, you know, the uh, international and then he gets picked for the Moscone Cup. <laughs> like what, what role do you, do you, like, do you have any kind of balance when it comes to disciplining players, not disciplining players, holding them accountable, not holding them accountable? What, what do you say to that topic, Emily? Yeah, well, it's a very good question. Um, and again, we're not the governing body. We're not. Right. But I do preach that we should be professionalizing the sport. So I like to think that we should have some responsibility in educating the players and use that word educating. We're here to help and we're here to support. There was, I think, the um, the Hunter and Earl situation, I didn't even really know about it until I got tagged in a video that Hunter did. Earl was signed on way before that even happened. Um, like I said to you before, when we touch base on announcements, we don't just sit there and go, right, Earl's in the team, make an announcement. It takes, <laughs> it takes days of planning. Uh, it that's takes how I see it in my head. <laughs> that doesn't happen like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, it takes videos being made, you know, it takes, it takes organization and we don't just make a decision like that, uh, willy nilly, I say, um, it's, it's, it was, a, it was bad timing probably. Um, but at the same yeah. time, yeah, we're not the governing body, but it, I think we touched base on this before that we're here to support the players if they've got a situation where they don't know how to handle a situation and, you know, they want help or guidance from us, then we're here to offer it to them. But again, if something happens at an event that we don't even know that's happening, we're not even there. We're not even aware of it. It's got nothing to really do with us. So we can't just come all barging in and going, right, you're not allowed on this event because we're, we're a promoter of our events yes, okay, moving forward as we announce more events, then if something happens at our event, then we report it to the WPA and we look at it internally and we look at it ourselves and, and we come to a decision like that. But when something happens that's out of our control, 
then all of a sudden, you know, we're going to have to start interfering with everything. It's also down to the promoter whose event it is. So it really is Pandora's box. If you go, if you go down that road and let's, I mean, I, I don't know how it is to go and wear that hat that you wear because you're the, you're always going to be the villain in some people's eyes and you'll be the savior in others' eyes. And, and with social media, it can be brutal on both ends. So I definitely, I don't envy that at all, but you know what? You handle it well. Um, I appreciate you coming on and being a good That's sport right. with all this. I know there's been, I know it's been tough, um, but I, listen, I'm looking forward to the Moscone Cup. Let everyone know where they can go and watch the dates, the times, all that important oh. stuff. Yeah, and look, I'm happy to be the villain at the end of the day. If it means that people are tuning in and in turn we're growing this beautiful sport that we all love so dearly, I go to sleep at night knowing, and I, I go to sleep at night dreaming about our events, dreaming about what we can do. And I know that the team do as well. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. We love what we do. We love this sport. And we're going to stay committed just because I might be come across as the villain doesn't mean I'm not going to work less hours in the day for it. It just gives me more motivation to work harder. There you the, go. The, the Moscone Cup, we all know where everyone's going to tune in, whether you hate it or you love it or whatever, you're going to be tuned in. December the 7th at Ali Pali. Go to matchroompool.com. All the details are there. And um, where to watch. If you're in the States, it's always the zone. Here in the UK, Sky Sports. But there's a full, there'll be a full list of broadcasters to see it. But that it doesn't stop there. Remember, we got the press conference. Um, we also How have can you forget that? <laughs> oh, and I'll be there stirring my pot as usual. Um, it'll be Earl's first press conference. So that's going to be exciting. Oh, God. Um, Get the popcorn ready. <laughs> we've got a slight tweak on our warm-up match our um we kind of called it like a warm-up oh i want to hear that come on I, you got you got to give me something you've just been putting out <laughs> teasers here and there i know i know so you've got to tune in to off the rail on this saturday um we're going to be giving a full sort of insight behind the picks um jj's thoughts shane's thoughts alex laley's thoughts we're going to be giving a full insight um, behind it all as well as the schedule for the Moscone Cup and the little tease for 2022. So, look, it's going to be a fantastic event. I don't need to tell you that. Um, all eyes are going to be watching and it's going to be... Oh, there's a few little things that I've forgotten that we're going to be launching at this event as well. Oh, my God, I'm that? so excited. I oh, know I'm Come not going to tell you because oh, you'll God, tune in and you'll again. see Oh, oh this is okay. This Saturday is it? This Saturday, I'll be. I'll, I'll make sure my my notifications are on. <laughs> no, do you know this? I'm not teasing this until everyone tunes in on December the seventh. Um, see, we do because we've got so many events now. We just kind of forget that we've done all of this stuff. So there's a few changes to the Moscone Cup, um, and I hope everyone likes it this year. Uh, so changes. yeah, that's going to be exciting. Okay. No gold well, buzzer, I'll... but. <laughs> I'll make sure I tune in. We know you're going to be there. It's going to be in the UK, Ali Pally, December 7th. I'm just, I'm pumped. Listen, I appreciate you being a good sport and coming on here. Uh, it wasn't quite the curveballs that the rest of the team had this year, but, you know, I try to make it tough when I can. So, Emily Fraser, yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you. All right, y'all. We'll see y'all later. Thanks for tuning in.
Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. If you've liked what you've heard and you want to contribute to the future content that will be made, consider joining the podcast's Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash queue it up. Becoming a Patreon of the podcast will help to create all of the future content that the podcast will have. Special shout out to Dave Peters, Aaron Taylor, Pete Silsby, Morgan Lupton, Ben Young, Robert Miller, Andy Morse, and Bill Pelham for your generous contributions to the podcast's Patreon. If you ever need any more information on what the Patreon system is or how you can contribute outside of the Patreon, please reach out to the podcast or Nate himself. If you would like to contribute to the podcast for free, consider sharing any podcasts or the podcast page on Facebook itself. Also, leaving a review and a rating if you listen through iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with another episode of the Cue It Up podcast.